a guy who knows more about that than me is Chris Cotillo. He is a uh, reporter and insider for SB Nation. He uh, manages MLB Daily Dish, and he joins us right now. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am all right. Hey, so... Uh, you, you've got your, your ear to the ground. You know what's going on in terms of, uh, some of the trade conversations and initial conversations between, uh, general managers. You hearing anything involving the Brewers these days? Well, right now we're, we're at a time where, you know, fans and, and reporters are kind of more interested in starting to talk about trade stuff, but the front offices are completely focused on the draft and that will, will start on, uh, June 12th, just a couple weeks away. And, and after, Two weeks from now will be around June 15th and, and a little breathing time after the draft. I think that's when trade season really will start. And then by July 1st, teams really start deciding on what to do. And I think uh, between buying and selling, that kind of stuff. So we're seeing, you know, obviously I think a much uh, slower kind of start right now to trade season than we've seen in years past. Only one trade that comes to mind as a, as a kind of significant move with Matt Adams going to the Braves after Freddie Freeman's injury and, other than that, really nothing, no talks, and teams kind of just trying to figure out where they are. So right now, very slow, but it should heat up once we get to, to July in about a month. What you, You've been watching this type of thing for a while. I mean, this is, a, this is a Brewers team that obviously is in a rebuild, and maybe they weren't planning to contend this year, but they're in first place. How does a team like this generally go about maybe adding to the roster but also not doing anything that at all mortgages the future? You know, while it's 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 really tough. I mean, it's tough to to talk to Brewers fans and and say this, but honestly, being in first place right now is and being in first place on July first might be the worst thing for this team long term. And Ken Rosenthal wrote about this a couple weeks ago, where you're going to have a general manager that that is going to be saying, you know, we kind of want to sit back and and maybe not go for it this year just because there's a lot of talent. And is it really worth potentially a wild card berth? Or I know they're the division leader right now, but is that long-term sustainable? I'm not sure. And then, or to mortgage the future, the future that they've built up over the last couple of years, obviously with the trades, uh, Lucroy being the one that comes to mind for me and some other moves, really building up that farm and potentially, you know, trading those guys away to make a run this year doesn't really make sense. So it might be kind of a push and pull between ownership and the front office there. And that is always tough. But for me, I think, you know, looking at it, I think the Cubs are too good to keep struggling this way, and I think the Cardinals are a flawed team but are going to try to contend as they always do. And I think those teams will push, and they'll definitely be buyers at the trade deadline as they try to get back into things. And I think if I'm the Brewers, I'm making maybe a small move here and there, but I'm not being an aggressive buyer, like you said. There are some top, you know, the Brewers minor league system is stacked, and there are some top 30 prospects who are blocked from a position standpoint and are coming up on that clock where if they're not on the 40 man roster, they're exposed. Would there be maybe some interest in, you know, those, those lower level prospects who don't probably have a future with the Brewers, but still might be better than some of the prospects in some other organizations? Well, that's always an option for teams at the deadline, but you have to think that, you know, if that's the most you're willing to offer, I'm sure there's teams out there that going for a certain player uh, on a buyer's market or on a seller's market, excuse me, are going to be offering more. So that that's always the problem where, you know, uh, things make sense on paper, but you never know what other teams are looking at. And, and it depends on what holes you're trying to fill and what other teams are trying to fill those holes too. And obviously, there's a lot of contenders left. There's only, you know, a few teams that have really pulled away with things so far and a lot of contenders. The AL East is full of contenders. The NL West is three very solid contenders. And the whole NL Central, I think, could, could at this point, look to, to potentially buy at the deadline. I don't think they will. I think 
it'll really be the Cubs and Cardinals that are aggressive there. But, you know, there, there are a lot of teams that are going to be trying to do this, and they might have something better to offer than those guys who, you know, you lose leverage when those guys are blocked and everybody knows about it. How has it changed that maybe bef- when the second wild card was first introduced, teams were buying to get that second wild card, but now general managers seem to be backing off on that and saying we're not going to make a big move to just get a, a possible one-game playoff? Well, I think you have to just look at the process that we've seen in the last few years where you've seen you know, these teams where I think the last two years are a great example. The Cubs and the Royals are teams that, that we remember being bad in recent memory. The Cubs were terrible a few years ago, and they built up their team by selling guys at the trade deadline, selling guys in the offseason, getting prospects that way. You know, you think about the way that team is built. Addison Russell is, is a guy that came over in trade. Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, guys they got in the draft. And then you add some big free agent signings at the end there with Jason Hayward, John Lester, but contributors all up and down. You know, Rizzo's a trade guy. and You find a lot of different ways to rebuild. Organizations are looking at that whole process, and I think there's – kind of a departure where they're not willing to ruin that process to potentially, you know, get a wild card spot or just get in the playoffs at this point because it's not worth mortgaging maybe two or three years of, of a rebuild and having to start over again just to get that one game playoff where anything could happen. And I know it's really tough to sell the fans and, and especially in a place where the team hasn't been to the playoffs in a bit, but it just is the reality of the game today where people the teams are finding I think the real case study on that is Oakland a few years ago saw their window to contend ended up making those trades with Addison Russell and trading Cespedes away to get Lester and get, you know, obviously uh, Samarja and Hamill and that deal in the big 4th of July trade, and then they end up, you know, going out in the first game of the postseason where Lester doesn't pitch well at all. So mm. teams see that and say, wow, they just ruined the next three years of their organization for one guy and or for one game, and, and that's scary. We're talking with Chris Cotillo. He is a uh, reporter and insider covering Major League Baseball for SB Nation. Let's say the Cubs and the Cardinals really turn it on and the Brewers kind of fall out of contention. Uh, who on the roster do you, would you expect? Let me, let me kind of reformulate this. Would, do you think the Brewers would once again kind of do what they did last year where they would look to, to sell to continue to resupplement the farm system even this year? I think so. I think there, there's just it makes too much sense. Where if you if you think you know, I think I compare the Brewers in a lot of ways to the Minnesota Twins and the AL, where the, where the Twins have played well, but they have some guys that it makes too much sense not to trade. Where Irvin Santana is the real case study with them. But when you're looking at at the Brewers, I think Matt Garza is a guy that that there's a lot of talk about potentially trading him just because he's kind of outperformed expectations, obviously, and uh, and I think that's that's one that you're really going to to see getting a lot of interest out there because he's a guy who's, you know, not as highly thought of as all these other guys who are going to be on the trade market, whether it be Sonny Gray or Cole or some of these guys, but an arm who can help a team. And I think if they're, you know, a little bit farther out of it, they might decide to sell. It's a really, really, really tough call, especially for a team in the Brewers situation. And we'll obviously know a lot more by July 1st. What do you think? I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about Ryan Braun. What are the chances that he's wearing a different uniform at the end of this year? That's tough, obviously. The injury kind of stalls that, and the 10 and 5 rights, that, that kind of stalls things, too. And I think you know, basically what's been heard over the last couple of years is the only reason something would really get done there would be the Dodgers or the Giants. The Giants obviously aren't going to look to add him right now. I think they could could potentially look to do it in the off season because I think it's a good fit for a team that 
you know, has needed an outfielder for years now and have Mike Morris and guys like that trotting out there, but they're not going to look to contend to the trade deadline. And the Dodgers look like they're all set. They have too many outfielders already. Andre Ethier coming back. So I think the chances are that he'd stay put right now, and that's more of an off-season move. I think when, when you have the choice to, to do those kinds of things as a general manager, you know, you have 30 teams who think they can contend in the offseason or 10 teams at the trade deadline. And if you have the choice, you'll do the winter every time. What's the biggest name or who's the biggest name you expect to be traded this year? Uh, the more, more we get toward the deadline, I really think it's Sonny Gray. I think he's a guy who's really turned it on in the last couple, couple starts and a guy who's he's had a lot of interest around the league for three or four years from you know, the big contenders, whether it be the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, Red Sox, and and every you know the, once the Athletics got to a point where they wanted to trade him, it seemed like he struggled and then got hurt, and now his value is finally where it is. Guys under control for a little bit, and I think they get a huge haul. And they're really helped by the fact that Jose Quintana, who is the star of this trade market coming into the year, and a guy that we heard a lot about ever since Sale was traded, Quintana was the next guy up, and Houston, Pittsburgh, the Yankees, a few of those teams are really in there. And now with his struggles, it seems like Gray is even more attractive. So I say he's a guy, J.D. Martinez, a lot of people think that he's another guy who can move up in Detroit. So those are kind of the two names I'm hearing, but at, at this point it is early, as I've said. I know Oakland's been doing this for 10-plus years, you know, longer than that now, but does it ever make, like, do you lament the fact on behalf of Oakland that they work so hard to develop these guys? I mean, I was working in AAA baseball in the Pacific Coast League, and I remember seeing Sonny Gray for the first time pitching for Sacramento and and the excitement around him, and then three years later, you know, he's on the trade market. Do you ever, do do you feel sad for for a team like Oakland that just, they, they have to keep doing this over and over and over? Well, I, I, you know, it's obviously tough <laughs> to grow talent like that and, and then have to trade it away. But it's, it's just part of the cycle. And unfortunately, you know, some small market teams like that are forced into the cycle more often than teams like the Yankees, which, you know, we saw them do it for the first time last year. And the Red Sox have done it a little bit in the last couple of years. But with Oakland, obviously, Billy Bean knows what he's doing. And he's, he's completely on top of his game there. And if he thinks a move needs to be made, then it will be. They have a lot of young arms that they've gotten in some of those trades coming back. Jarrell Cotton struggled a little bit. Kendall Graveman is a guy who I think is going to be a long-term solution there. So they have some guys, and, and they've made a lot of trades in the last few years that, that are probably are going to help them in the future. And if they do decide to give up Gray, one of those teams, whether it be the Rockies, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, are going to bite and give up a lot. He is Chris Cotillo. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Cotillo, C-O-T-I-L-L-O. Read him over at SB Nation at MLB uh, Daily Dish. Great stuff, Chris. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Always appreciate you being uh, so available to us. Sounds good. Thanks.